Welcome to Find Your Niche, a career podcast offering advice that you can implement today, as well as career tips that will set you on a career path and help you to find your niche. I'm Lori Cole, certified career coach and job search advisor with iHire. iHire connects you to industry-specific jobs in over 57 talent communities. Find your niche today on iHire. In this episode, we're going to reveal the three most important findings from iHire's fresh off the press, What Candidates Want 2023 report. You'll be amazed at some of the insights we discovered just like we were. Here are the latest trends, topics, and tips that will help you in your job search. We surveyed over 600 candidates in 57 industries. Our first finding confirms what we've always told employers. At every stage of the hiring process, candidates want confirmation that they are still in the game. They want open and honest communication. Almost everyone, 96% of people, expected a confirmation email after submitting an application. And more than 80% wanted a rejection email when they're no longer in the running so they can move on. About two-thirds of candidates expect to hear back in less than a day. Employers may not realize this, but some candidates will send one application thinking that they are the perfect fit for that job, and they don't understand why the employer wouldn't call them. And so they sit back and wait to hear from the employer. I once coached a candidate who had waited to hear back from an employer for over three months. And the worst part of it was that he applied several times for the same position in that three-month time period because he was so convinced that he was their missing puzzle piece. This is not what you should do as a candidate. Getting a job is a numbers game. So the more applications you submit, the greater chance you have of landing something. One of the things candidates hate the most is ghosting. Not the dating kind of ghosting, the employment kind of ghosting, but they're pretty much the same. You apply for a job or you interview for a job and then crickets. How would that make you feel? Does it make you feel mad or sad or bad? Well, you're not the only one. The survey says that almost 40% of job seekers would avoid a company that ghosted them. They won't buy their stuff. They won't tell their friends to buy their stuff. And they won't consider working for them in the future. Why do employers ghost candidates? I don't know. Maybe they're swamped. Maybe they're disorganized or maybe they just don't care. But whatever it is, it's not good for them or for you as a candidate. There are a lot of jobs out there, so don't get discouraged. Now, on the other side of things, candidates are just as guilty of ghosting an employer. Only with candidates, it can be a lot worse. I hear stories all of the time from employers about candidates who will ghost on their first day or within their first week, and they just won't show up for work. The bottom line is that ghosting is mean and rude, and it's just not cool. So salary is a huge topic too. As a candidate, I want to know how much I can potentially earn. That's why I'm more likely to apply for a job that has the salary information in the ad. 
In fact, almost 80% of candidates agree with me on this. If I don't see the salary range in the ad, I might think it's too low or not worth my time. That's why almost half of the candidates we surveyed skip those ads altogether. Now, as a candidate, you need to be prepared for the question, what's your salary range? If you don't know a fair salary range for the job, do some market research and see what other companies in your area are paying for similar positions. This is also going to help you negotiate an offer with confidence. Would you believe that only 44% of candidates even try to negotiate an offer? That number should be far higher. And I want you to be in that 44% and know exactly what you're worth. If you need some help with salary research, you can use iHire's salary research tool. It's a really handy tool that lets you compare salaries across different locations and industries. Work proximity associates. The third finding was about remote, hybrid, and in-person work. You've heard a lot about working remotely during the last couple of years. It turns out that 68% of people prefer to work in person or a hybrid rather than fully remote. That means that they really like hanging out with their coworkers and their bosses. But not everyone feels the same way. The survey also shows that different age groups have different work preferences. For example, younger folks ages 18 to 30 years old prefer in-person work, while folks 51 and up prefer remote work. I'm in that latter age group, which explains why I thought that everyone would choose remote work if given the chance, because I absolutely love it. But the numbers make sense because people have different wants and needs depending on where they are in life and what they're aiming for. If you're an organization aiming to attract and retain high performers, it would benefit you greatly to take some notes and be sure that you're giving candidates what they want. We're talking with Bill Bench today, a dedicated delivery driver with a remarkable career in logistics. Since 2004, Bill has been passionate about providing exceptional service. He owned and operated his own delivery route for 14 years, building some valuable connections and earning a reputation of dedication. Despite selling his route, Bill chose to continue working for the contractor he trusted, ensuring a seamless transition for all of his loyal customers. Bill delivers more than just packages. He delivers a dose of positivity and fun to every location he visits. Let's hear from today's featured guests who has found their niche. Hi, Bill. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. My privilege. So many people are curious about how delivery drivers end up in this line of work. You're a package delivery driver. Tell us how long you've been doing this and how you became a delivery driver. Well, I've been doing it for 15 years now. I had a another career. I was a parking garage manager for 15 years. Um, I got tired of that, got tired of dealing with people all day. Um, so I did mortgages for three years. And then, uh, of course, everybody knows what's happened in 2004 and 2005. The, the whole mortgage industry kind of went upside down. Right. Um, so I just saw I just saw an ad for uh, for a package delivery driver, and um, I answered the ad, and the rest is history. Fifteen years. 
And now you're someplace where you don't have to manage other people. You just have to manage yourself. And that's kind of a nice place to be. So when I left the parking company, I just said, I will no longer manage people. I said, as soon as they promote me in front of somebody, I said, I will leave. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to be responsible for nobody. And over the last 15 years, I have been responsible for absolutely nobody but myself. For you. And it's been great. Yeah. Yes. Help me to understand what your day-to-day looks like. What do you do when you get there in the morning? And then how does the rest of your day go? Well, typically I get out of bed around eight o'clock in the morning, which would surprise some people. Yeah. They probably think I work way longer hours than that. But no, I get up about eight. I get to the terminal around nine o'clock. My truck is supposed to be loaded for me, but if I depended on that, it would take me three times as long to do my route. So I basically spend 45 minutes rearranging my truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I typically deliver till about two or three o'clock. Uh, and then that's it. I'm, I'm home. Wow. And there's, and there's nothing to do until the next day. What, what happens at Christmas though? Well, we get very busy. Yeah. Um, but the nice thing is, is the truck is only so big. So basically they can only send you out with so many stops. Um, of course the routes are more dense then. So you don't really have to cover more area or just covering your regular area and you're on the same streets every day. Um, so you can pretty much do probably two or two to two and a half times what your normal load would be. I mean, it takes a few more hours, obviously, but it's it's really not that bad. So with your route, that's why you go in and you kind of reconfigure the truck every day because you know where you have to stop and what you have to do. And it just makes it easier for you to, to have things more in order. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the routes are computer generated, but they don't take into consideration that you don't want to be in a school zone at eight o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon. So you have to kind of plan your route to be in areas that are convenient at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the computer doesn't really know that. It doesn't know when the traffic is going to be heavier. So it basically sets it up so that, you know, it just goes the shortest, easiest route, but it doesn't necessarily make it the easiest route. Yeah. Now, did you have to have any specialized training or certifications anything or anything like that to get this job? No, believe it or not, um, you don't need any special license. Basically, when I went into this thing, um, I was actually a contractor, and I went through the interview process. They hand me the, the contract to sign, and they basically said I had to sign it that afternoon if I wanted to do it. Wow. Um, so no, there was it was basically my background in parking. You know, they figured I probably knew how to drive if I knew how to park a car, right? Which is probably the hardest part of driving, right? So yeah, no, there wasn't any special training. Um, a lot of other job training, though. Oh, I'm I'm sure there is. You know, your route will teach you how to work. Yeah, and work hard. You all do. I mean, every single delivery driver that we have is just constantly running. It seems like. Yes. Um, you, you know, the thing is, typically we get paid by the stop. The faster we work, the sooner we get done, we make the same money. So there's really no incentive for you to work slower. I didn't know that. Yeah, that could be why you see your drivers running is that, um, you know, they, they get done sooner. Yeah. So the sooner they get done, the sooner they can go home. Correct. So you see a lot of YouTube videos about drivers being at the right place at the right time to save the day. Have you ever found yourself in that situation where you've saved a dog from a bear or or saved some kid that was choking or, or anything like that? 
Well, there was an instance where I went to deliver to a house and it was on a hot day and there was an older gentleman out working in his driveway. And when I got there, he was laying on the driveway. He had blood coming out of his mouth. And so, of course, I called 911 right away and, um, and, and they showed up rather quickly. And here the guy had just passed out from heat exhaustion. And Aww. I'm sure if I hadn't found him then, I'm sure he probably would not have made it. But um, so that was one instance. Yeah. Um, I had another time where a, a, a young girl who had just had a baby, I, I rang her doorbell. She came out on the porch and somehow the door closed behind her and it locked. Aww. And she had her little infant son inside and, and she was panicking because she was now locked out. So I just said to her, like, do you have a key? And she says, no. I said, do you know the code to your garage door? She says, yeah, I can get in through the garage. She goes down there and she was so worked up. She couldn't even punch the code into the garage door. Aww. So I just said, what's your code? I says, I promise I'll forget it right after I let you <laughs> in. But uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of interesting. I never saw anybody panic so, so much. Well, and it was good good thinking to say, well, how else could you get into this house? Because if she was in that panicked of a state, she probably wouldn't have thought about getting in through the garage for a little while. Right. You've probably seen it all when it comes to packages, but what's the weirdest thing that you've ever had to deliver? Well, that's a that's a good question because typically we don't know what we're delivering. Right. They're actually in a box, so... Typically, I don't really know what's in the packages. Um, however, there was a time that I had I had a package that was about the size of a coffin. It was just just huge, huge box. And I go to lift it up, and, and it was light, like there was nothing in it. So I thought, what the heck is going on with this box, right? So I'm like, I'm like I, I need room on my truck, so I can't be taking these huge boxes, right? So I'm like, I'm going to open this box up to see what it is. And here it was a fishing rod. So all it was was a fish rod and a rail, and it was in this giant box. So I just basically threw the box away, took the tag off the box, taped it to the fish rod, and delivered the fish rod, which was obviously very small. But it was just odd that it was packed in a box like that. But you can get coffins delivered, right? I mean, there are places (laughs) that... Yeah, I, we wouldn't take that. That would go, uh, another shipping company would deliver something like that. Okay. We're supposed to be small small package company. Okay, because I have heard of that before where it's like you can order a coffin at Costco and they'll deliver it to you, but that's not you. Correct. Right. Thank goodness. Yes. Thank goodness. <laughs> you need a few people for that. You've got businesses, I'm sure, that you deliver to. I know that when I've worked at, in the office before, we were always great friends with the delivery drivers that came. Yeah, deliveries are deliveries are nice once you are settled into your own route. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're on a different route, if you're filling in for somebody, the businesses are the worst because you don't know where to go. You show up in front of a, a huge building, you got this package, You don't know whether they have a loading dock. You don't know whether they have a front desk. You know, you just really, and it's very difficult. Once you get to know your route, you do get to see these people more on an everyday basis. Right. And a lot of them are great. Build those relationships. Correct. Yeah. So it sounds like you are able to go the extra mile for your customers. Have you had any other circumstances where you have just kind of gone that extra mile and the customer really appreciated it? Well, there was a time, and unfortunately, the story doesn't start off too well, but it had a good ending. Um, I was delivering to a house one time, and it was kind of up this alleyway. 
And there was two houses there, one on each side of the street. And neither one of them had an address on it. So now I'm standing there, I'm looking, all right, it's, it was 107, whatever street it was. And I'm looking, all right, I got two houses to pick from, which one is it? So of course I'm aggravated because that's what you do. Um, so I go up, I knock on the first door, nobody comes to the door. So now I go to the other house, knock on that door and this older lady comes out and, and she, I says, is this 107? She says, yes. I says, could you do me a favor? I said, could you hang your number on your house? I said, we come up here. I said, we don't know which house to deliver to. We get a lot of trouble if we put it at the wrong house. I said, could you just hang your number on your house? And she starts crying and said, she goes, you know, my husband just died last week. He goes, oh. and, and he would have wanted, and he would have been the one to do something that for me. So I said, well, I'm really sorry to hear that. Oh. And I says, I'll tell you why. I says, I'm going to take care of it. Right. So my father-in-law does woodworking. I called him up. I said, Hey, I need you to make me an address sign 107. So he made it and I took it and I hung it on her porch for her. So uh, that, you know, very so sweet. now we were best, we were best friends. Oh so. yeah. Very sweet. That's very nice. Unfortunately, I had to make her cry though. Uh, I know that's, <laughs> well, you just don't know what people are going through, right? No, you don't. No, you don't. There's always more to every job than meets the eye. What's something about being a package delivery driver that most people might not know? Well, what they don't know is that we don't know what's in the package. Yeah. You don't know how many times I go up to somebody's house and they're like, oh, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you ordered it. I don't know what it is. Um, I guess the toughest thing about the job is, is the weather itself. Um, yeah. You know, we deliver in residential areas, and typically they're the last streets to get treated. Uh, the trucks don't go very well in the snow. That's probably the most difficult is just getting around in the winter. Yeah, and because I can imagine that, especially if you're in Pennsylvania, there's feet of snow. Well, not this year, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, can, there can be. And Pennsylvania is full of hills, so it's not just, it's just not the snow, it's the hills. Yeah. I mean, we live in the North Hills of Pittsburgh. The name says it all. For anybody that's interested in becoming a package delivery driver, what kind of career advice could you give them? It's very tough to get into to have a good route. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, when you start off, you're doing vacation routes, you're doing um, routes that nobody else wants to do. Uh, so it, it's very tough to get established. So, it, it, you know, it's it, when you don't know the route and they just send you out, it's it's very difficult. Um, obviously, the more you learn the route, the easier it gets. It, it's a it's a good thing to do, but it, it takes a long time to get established. Find those packages in the back of the truck. You've got to have hundreds back there. How do you know what goes where? Well, they are on shelves um, and and. Basically, again, when I was saying I get up or when I first thing in the morning is I rearrange my truck. So basically, I set every package on the shelf where it needs to go. Um, a lot of times I have up to 300 packages on that truck. And pretty much if you do it the right way, I, I could walk on that truck and find any package at any time during the day. If you stopped me on the street and said, hey, do you have a package for this house? I, I could tell you whether I have it or not, and I could tell you where it is on my truck. I can do that? <laughs> Can stop him and say, "Hey." Well, yeah, you can. 
Sure, why not? <laughs> I'm tracking him down and saying, oh, where's my package? I have been I have been tracked down. Have you? Plenty of times. I forget what's in the packages when they arrive. I don't remember, even from two days ago, a lot of times what I ordered. It's It's like Christmas every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are not alone. Trust, there's, there are a lot of people that don't know what they order. Yeah. And then they open up like, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I remember that. A lot of surprises. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that from two days ago. What do you think is the key to being successful in this role? In this role? Yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just say just in this role. I would just say in this world. The key to being successful is, is just have a good attitude. If you leave the house in the morning with a bad attitude, you're going to have a bad day. I, I see delivery drivers that, you know, they just walk in, they look at the packages they have, and they're just irritated. They're swearing. And, and I think to myself, like, you've already established yourself you're going to have a bad day. Right. I said, I don't understand. It just, it just I don't know, if you think you're going to have a good day, you probably will. So, and it's just not in the role. It's, it's in the world itself, I think. You speak your destiny, right? If you, if you get up and you stub your toe and you say, oh, man, this day is going to be awful, then you're right. It's just going to snowball and it's going to be awful. Right. If you're looking for an awful day, you're going to find one. Yeah, exactly right. We appreciate our featured guest for joining the Find Your Niche podcast. Now, more career advice and stories from your host, Lori Cole. If you're prepping for an interview, I have an amazing new AI tool for you. It's called the Google Interview Warm-Up Tool, and it is a game changer. It asks you a series of questions based on the type of job you're interviewing for. You can either type your answer or record your voice. I really recommend recording your answer because it's the best way of getting feedback. It starts with five different questions, different types of interview questions, and then at the end, it will analyze your responses based on the job-related terms you used, the words you used the most, including any filler words like um, like, and you know. It'll even give you talking points to improve your answers along with some examples. You can also edit and redo your answers based on those talking points, and then you can copy all of those answers out into a document. This is a phenomenal tool, and I highly recommend it. If you practice with this tool for even an hour, although I would recommend that you practice more if you're going for an interview, you are going to feel a lot more confident in your next interview and with the answers. Is there something you need some guidance on in terms of your career? Email to laurie.cole at ihire.com. Thanks for listening.